Welcome. You're listening to the Heritage Podcast. To learn more about Heritage, including meeting times and upcoming events, visit us online at www.heritageff.org. Now, let's get into today's podcast. Well, thank you guys for coming out and spending your time with us. I want to jump into today's service and the book of Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. This has been our text scripture. There's no verses up on the video today. So just get your Bible. Go follow along. If you got it on your app, go ahead and turn it on. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says this. This is where we've been camping for the last couple of weeks now. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says this. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You know, Pastor Art started a series uh, a few weeks ago now called Seated, Standing, and Walking in Christ. And it has been powerful. And if you haven't been able to take full advantage of all of the, ser- all, all of the messages, head over to the, uh, to the YouTube page and the whole catalog of all of the services are there. So make sure you do check those out. But the, 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 the series Seated, Standing, and Walking in Christ. Last, on, last Sunday, this past Sunday, I did a message called Grab Your Seat about how you have a position that God has created specifically for you. So I encourage you to go check that service out as well. But tonight, my, my message is entitled, Who Am I? And Let's Take a Stand. So who am I? And let's take a stand. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, I just thank you for who you are in our lives. I thank you for your love and your mercy and your grace. I thank you that you are, are, have everything under control, Lord. If we would just uh, humble ourselves and seek your face, that you would heal our land, Lord. I declare tonight that you would just think through my mind, that you would speak through my lips, that it would be all of you and none of me, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Have you ever been uh, in life and, you know, you just find yourself thinking, who am I in this situation? Or, or, or how did I end up here? Or why isn't everything just, just popping off like the way that it should be happening? And if you feel this way today, I want you to know wherever you're at right now that you're not alone in it. I'm 37 years old and there's still times in my life where I don't have it all together when I feel like, man, I, I got a lot of work to do, like nothing is falling into place like I expected or, or how I thought it should be. I want you to know that you're not alone in this situation. That if someone tells you that they got it all figured out and they got it all together, they are lying to you. We are all on this journey called life. And if you have seen anything, 2020 is, has not gone as planned. We all had plans for 2020. It was going to be the year of, of amazing things. People, graduations. You know, I was scheduled to have a marriage ceremony just on the 25th. And we had it all planned out. Things changed. 2020, all we need is aliens to come, and 2020 will be complete. I am telling you, we've got murder hornets. We've got everything going on in 2020. But it didn't happen the way it was supposed to. No one expected this to happen. You can look through social media, on, on the news, and you can see that our world is, is hurting. Uh, the, the country, sta- states all over, p- places are on fire. Voices need to be heard, and people are hurting. People are screaming, just see us, listen to us. We've all been there in some aspect of life. So I want you to know today that you're not alone today. That we see you, we hear you, and we love you. You know, um, I want to touch on this verse here that says that he has created us for good works. 
I believe with everything within me that God has placed seeds of greatness on the inside of each and every one of us. I say this all the time because I mean it and I need to say because I I need you to understand that God has called us to great things. And that you're not here by accident, that you're not some kind of mistake. Yes, your parents may not have planned everything out, but God has a plan and a purpose for your life. That you were cre- created for great things. Amen? Um, I want to uh, stay within the vein of what Pastor Art has been talking about. And I want to focus on our stand in Christ. Our stand in knowing who we are. You know, there's a few people throughout scriptures that needed to take a stand. Not in who they thought they were, they were supposed to be, but who God had created them to be. And I feel a lot of us are like that today. Where we're, I, I, I'm trying to fit this mold of what society thinks I should be or how I should act. And God is saying, that's not what I've called you to do. I've called you to higher things, to greater things. I've, I've not called you to fit in. I've called you to stick out. And scripture says that he's called us to be salt and light in a dark time. Salt is the flavor of everything. God has called us to be different, not to just fit in. And sometimes we fall into this this ditch that I just need to go with the flow. I need to to, to get in line with how everybody thinks I should be. And God has not called us to be that. So I want to go through some uh, individuals in Scripture that I think really bring this out. Of uh, I don't know who I am and God has called them to great things. And God reveals who they're supposed to be. And the first one I want to talk about, the first two I want to talk about, We find in the book of Genesis. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to the book of Genesis, chapter 17. Now, this story of Abram and Sarai starts in Genesis chapter 11. And uh, actually, Genesis chapter 12, I apologize. Now, I'm going to jump there really fast just to read a portion of Scripture. Genesis chapter 12 says this. And the Lord said to Abram, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house and to a land which I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great and uh, you shall be a blessing. Uh, I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. All the families of the earth shall be blessed. Now, right off the bat, at face value, that is an amazing word from God. If if, uh, the angel of the Lord, God comes down and says, I'm going to bless you and you're going to be a blessing. I'm going to curse those who curse you. All the families of the earth shall be blessed through you. Uh, You would just be ecstatic. Like, man, I have this amazing word from God. And and that first week, you're just telling everybody about it. Like, man, God came down and he spoke to me and said, I'm going to just populate the earth and I'm going to be blessed. I'm going to be a blessing that everything is going to come from my loins. And that week passes and nothing pops off. Nothing's happening. And then the, the month goes by and nothing is happening. You're still trying to stand strong on that word from God. And then a few months pass. And then a year passes, and then another year, and no children, no fulfillment of that promise. It's hard to then still hold on to that. You see, in that time, children of family were a very precious thing. People wanted huge families. And so Abram is already kind of old in this time. But by the time this word comes to him, And nothing is happening. You would think he'd probably begin to think like, man, God, what is going on here? You you told me that I was going to be a blessing to to the whole world, that that I was going to be, all the families of the world are going to be blessed through me and nothing is happening. 
You begin to question yourself, like maybe did I really hear God? Was, did I miss it or something? Is something wrong in my life that is not happening? You begin to question, who am I? How did I get to this place? Did I, did I mess everything up? Did I, did I uh, miss God's voice? Did I misinterpret what he told me? And then we get to chapter 17, which is now 13 years later. And still no child of promise. This is a hard time. You can say that Abram would have thought, I've totally missed it. Had he just given up hope on the, the, the promise that God gave him? How many of us have got a word from, from the Lord and we've kind of just left it on the wayside because it didn't come in our own timeline? Or, or it didn't come in the way that we wanted it? Thirteen years have now passed in chapter 17 and still no fulfillment of the promise. God comes to Abram again and he says these words and I think it's so beautiful I want to read it here. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram saying to him, I am almighty God. Walk before me blameless and I will make my covenant between me and you and I will multiply you exceedingly. Then Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be a father of many nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram. Your name shall be called Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. And then if we jump over to verse 15, it says this, Then God said to Abram, As for Sarai, your wife, you shall no longer call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. So God comes this second time, and he does this beautiful refining of their names. He takes their names and he refines it. He says, Abram, I'm, I'm going to take your name and I'm changing it to Abraham. And Sarai, I need to change it to Sarah. Why? Because Abraham means father of many nations, and Sarah means my princess. I need you to start to declare every time what I, what I told you in verse, uh, chapter 11. I need you to declare what I established in chapter 11. Sometimes we're not speaking it out of our voice, out of our mouths. Scripture says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak, that he's created us to be speaking spirits. Sometimes we lose sight of the vision or the plan of a purpose in our life. And we, we lose the, the ability to speak. God is saying, Abram, I need you to speak what I've already established in chapter 11. Don't let it go. You are still the father of many nations. I'm here to tell you that God is trying to establish something in your life. And there's going to be a refining that's going to happen. And understand that gold is only re refined through fire. Diamonds are only created through immense pressure. If you're feeling pressure today, if you're feeling like you just are in the trenches and, and nothing is going good, understand that that can be a position where you can say, you know what, I'm giving up. Or you can say, you know what, I'm going to allow this, this pressure to only make me stronger. That I'm only going to lean more into God. I'm only going to lean more into understanding. I'm going to lean more into prayer, into worship. I'm not letting go of what God has told me. See, Abraham had that choice. He could have said, you know what, forget it, God. You told me 13 years ago that you, this was going to happen. And it ain't happened. I'm 99 years old now. And I ain't seen it yet. 
But God says, I'm, I'm changing some things in your life. See, see you, you were Abram, but I'm changing who you are. There's going to be a difference in your walk, in your talk, in your stance before me. You're the father of many nations, Abraham. I just need you to start seeing it as I see it. The, the next person I want to talk about here is, um, we find him in, um, let's turn to Matthew here. Matthew chapter 4. I feel, I feel like there's times in our lives where we just feel like we're, we're in this hard place and this hard time. You know, I, I, I love this verse, uh, Psalms chapter 23. I'm just going to read it for you. I'm just going to read a portion of it. It says, uh, Yea, they, they you walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And I think it's interesting that a lot of times when we find ourselves in a dark valley, we camp out there. Don't put roots. Don't camp where God has called you to walk through. God has called you to amazing things. And yes, you're going to find yourself in valleys and on hard times. But don't camp there. Say, oh, this is just my lot in life. This is it. I'm stuck here. Abram didn't allow the current situation to magnify or to diminish what God had already spoken to him in chapter 11. Don't allow this valley to be your resting place now. Keep walking through like the scripture says, I will walk through the valley of the shadow and I will fear no evil. Keep walking today. God has a plan for your life. Amen. The second person I want to talk about um, today is this uh, uh, Simon. We find him in the book of Matthew. Go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 16. Um, Matthew was just an ordinary fisherman. He was just an ordinary fisherman. Nothing spectacular about his life. Until one day, his brother Andrew says, hey, there's a guy you got to meet. I, I, I would, I, I, you know, uh, Simon's out fishing, doing everything that he's supposed to be doing. And then you find his brother Andrew, he's, he's off somewhere else. And he runs over and says, I found a guy that you need to meet. And so Simon follows his brother Andrew, and he runs into Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior. How amazing would that have been? But he runs into to Jesus and Jesus calls him into his ministry, brings him into his fold and, and part of his crew. And it's amazing. But, but th that's not really the, the most uh, amazing part I want to bring up. Uh, we, we end up in Matthew chapter 16. Verse 13 says this. This is so beautiful. It says this. We have this interaction as the disciples are walking. And, and Jesus turns to them and he says this in verse 13. When Jesus came into the, re the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I am, the Son of Man? Who, who, who do men say that the Son of Man am? Sorry. Uh, but they said to him, Some say that you are John, John the Baptist. Some say Elijah. Or uh, others say Jeremiah. Or one of the prophets. And then Jesus says, Okay, let's get more specific here. Let's bring it down. He turns and he says, Okay, who do you say that I am? Now, this is amazing. He says, okay, it's, it's fine what they say, but I need to know who do you say that I am? Because if you don't know who I am, then there's no way that you understand who you are. I don't think you caught that. Let me say it again. If you don't know who I am in your life, then there's absolutely no way that you understand who you are. See, this is beautiful. Peter says, or Simon at the time says, you are the Christ. Let's keep reading. He says this, and he says to him, and uh, Jesus said to him, well, I apologize, I messed up. 
And, and Peter answered and said to him, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. And I say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Peter says, you are the Christ. And Jesus is like, there it is. That's all I needed. I needed you to understand who I am because then you can get the revelation of who I've called you to be. See, Peter or Simon, I've called you to be Peter. And on that revelation of who you are, I will build the church because once you understand who you are or once you understand who I am, then you'll understand who you are and there will be nothing that will hold you back from everything that God has called you to do. I feel kind of like a... a a, a, a Matrix uh, uh, um, analogy coming on. You remember the movie Matrix? Remember when, when Morpheus pulled Neo out of the Matrix system and he was like, you're the one, you're the, you're the one that we've been prophesied about, you're the one, and, and Neo's like, no, I'm not the guy. It's not me. I'm not the guy. And it wasn't until the third video when Neo makes it to the source that he begins to realize that he is the one. He accepts who he is. I'm telling you today, if you, you want to know who you are in God, then you got to get to the source, and the source is Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, don't, don't get uh, caught up in this, what the world wants you to be or how they want you to act. I'm telling you, God has your identity, and he's called you to do amazing things. Stop allowing the, this world system to dictate who you are. You want to know who you are? You have these questions on the inside of you. Who am I? See, these questions happen because there was some kind of a tragedy or something that happened in your life that fractured your soul. And you, you, you find yourself just wondering, who am I? How did I get to this place? How do I fit in on this? I'm telling you today, get to the source. Jesus Christ is our source, and he has the answers he he has our identity. He has our identity. The next one I want to talk to you about is um, we find him in the book of uh, Exodus. This is uh, beautiful. I want you to go ahead and, and, and turn to the book of Exodus, chapter 3. Um, I remember as a child, I, um, my, my brother had a, a lava lamp. And uh, I always wanted a lava lamp. I never had a lava lamp. And so when he wasn't home, I would go and sneak into his room and play with it. And um, I may have, may not, I'm not, uh, I plead the fifth on it, it may have broke. I don't know if I was involved in the breaking of it, but it did break. I, I, I don't know what happened. <laughs> I was in the room. Something fell. It wasn't my fault. But anyway, I always wanted a lava lamp, and I never got a lava lamp. And, and I was uh, thinking about it. So I got some uh, uh, material, and I made one with Alina and, and Taj. We made one. And uh, a lava lamp is super easy to make. It's pretty much just uh, oil and water. If you know anything about oil and water, you understand that they don't mix. And why don't they mix? Well, uh, water is a plural, uh, a, a plural uh, molecule. And um, a polar molecule, I apologize, a polar molecule. Water is a polar mo molecule, meaning that it has a... Um, a negative and a positive side to it. So the positive side of the water molecule attaches to the negative side of the other water molecule, so it brings them together. Oil is a non-polar uh, molecule, so it's completely balanced, and it does not like to connect with water. So that's why they stay disconnected. 
So this is a polar molecule. Polar molecule. This is a nonpolar molecule. That's why they don't connect. So uh, I wanted to uh, bring this out. And um, there's an interesting thing that it doesn't mix. You can mess it around. It's kind of cool. I was playing with it all today. It was kind of fun. I made like five of them, different colors and stuff. But I thought this one would kind of be easier for you guys to see. I'm going to put this down, and we're going to talk about um, uh, Moses. Moses in the, in the book of Exodus is a beautiful story. It's a beautiful story of divine um, protection. It's a beautiful story of uh, divine uh, redemption, pro uh, provision, um, acceptance, and also salvation. You know, there's this time in Scripture or this time in space where, where there was a prophetic word that there was going to be a, a Savior that was going to come and, and, and um, just uh, release the children of Israel from Pharaoh's grip. And so Pharaoh, full of fear, puts out this declaration to kill all the firstborn children. This, this spirit of abortion comes through and kills all the firstborns of Egypt. And uh, Moses' mother takes them and hides them away into the river. And, and if you've never read the story, I encourage you to go and read it. Well, that same spirit is still alive today. It's still moving and functioning throughout our society. Yes, it's changed its tactics now. It's, it's come under uh, a different ways, and it's become legal now. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but Planned Parenthood, since its conception in 1973, has killed over 46 million babies. Um, that same spirit that tried to eradicate the very essence of who God was and Moses' life is the same spirit trying to kill and destroy the very essence of who God is in, in our, our generation. And this is ongoing. Moses, because, because why? Because Moses was called to be something great. Moses was in Egypt for 40 years. And he finds himself now trying to escape after 40 years because of this instance, instance that happened where he ended up killing somebody. He flees Egypt for fear of his life. And then he begins to wander the deserts for 40 more years until he comes to this position or this, this time in his life where he's now established a life in the desert. And he's now a shepherd in the desert. He's really become this humble man from a very prominent family or, or, or uh, uh, up, up, uh, um, how he grew up, this, this uh, family that he was a part of in Egypt. But I wanted to bring this out because it's hard to connect or, or mix the oil and the water. You have to really kind of shake it up and you can kind of get it together like this. But I want to read a verse of scripture that says here. In Exodus chapter 3, let me get there. I was talking too much and I'm not even there. Exodus chapter 3, we get to this position where Moses, for the first time, gets a revelation of who God has called him to be. And I want to kind of jump around in here. It says, in verse, in, um, in verse 3, we'll start. Then Moses said, uh, I will now turn aside. This is this burning bush that is going. I'll go for it in verse 2, sorry. Uh, uh, Exodus chapter 3, verse 2. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him as a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the, burn, the, the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will turn aside and see this great sight. Why this bush is not burning? 
So when the Lord saw that he had turned aside to look, God called him from the midst of the burning bush, and Moses said, Here am I. Here am I. This is amazing because it wasn't until Moses directed his attention to the burning bush did God speak. Is it possible that God is waiting for our attention? That, that God is standing by waiting for us to acknowledge him. I've told you guys this many a times that God is a gentleman. He will never push himself on you. He'll never force you to do anything. It wasn't until Moses uh, directed his attention to the burning bush did God speak. I'm telling you, God is waiting for your attention today. Give him, turn aside from the circumstances and situations that are going on throughout this world. Say, God, we need you more than anything else today. We, you heal our hearts, heal our land. We need to hear from you in this situation we currently find around in this, in this crazy year of 2020. Turn our attention to God and get our answers from there. Let's keep reading. It says this. I want to jump down to verse 6. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses Said, hid his face because he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people uh, who are in Egypt, and I have heard their cries because of their taxmasters. For I am there uh, and their sorrows. So I have come down to deliver them. Now this is beautiful. When we jump down to verse 10, it says this, we just read in verse 8 that I have come down to deliver them. This is God speaking. In verse 10, we see this. Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh. This is amazing. God says, I've heard the cries of my people. I've heard their, 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 I've heard their cries and I've seen their sorrows because of the, the oppression that they find themselves in Egypt. And I have come down to deliver them, God says. God declares, I have come down to deliver my people. And then a few verses later, he says, and I'm sending you. God is looking for someone who will give the attention that is needed and stand up in the assignment that he has called them to. See, why didn't God tell Moses about his plan while he was in Egypt? Because God couldn't move in Moses' life while he was in Egypt. It wasn't until 40 years after he leaves Egypt, then God allows him to wander the desert for another 40 years. Why? Because it took time for, for, for Moses to get out of Egypt, but it also took time for Egypt to get out of Moses. You see, sometimes we're, we we're thinking, man, I, I want to do all these great things, but we've still got so much of, of the oppression, so much of the hurt, so much of the brokenness still in us that it takes, it takes time for it to separate. Don't neglect the process. Don't neglect the, the, the changing of your life, the refining, the, refining, the refining part of your life that God wants to do in your life. It takes time for it to separate. See, God allowed Moses to stay in the wilderness because it took time for Egypt to get out of his mindset, out of his heart. See, in Egypt, he had it all. Sometimes it's hard for someone who has it all to really see that they have nothing. It takes time for someone who has everything to see that they don't have anything without God. 
I'm here to tell you that God has called you to do great things. And he's waiting for you to stand up in who he's called you to be. Not who you think you're supposed to be, but who he has called you to be. And he's called you to greatness. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. 2020 may look like a mess, but God can still do miracles. Our God is a miracle worker. Our God is is beyond all of our understanding. God is a miracle worker, and he wants to do miracles in your life today. If you're, you're with... If you were encouraged by today's message and believe it would be uplifting to others, then be sure to rate us and hit subscribe. To experience more of Heritage, visit us at www.heritageff.org. Again, thank you for listening to the Heritage Podcast today. And remember, Jesus is Lord.